All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight as we come before your holy word. We thank you for an opportunity to learn on redemption and thank you that as we are concluding our series tonight, um, this will be written on the tables of our hearts. Most importantly, we will do well to obey this message, heed to it, and be doers of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. So like you all rightly said, about last week. Let me just do a bit of a recap. Um, today is our fourth installment. So we started this series at the beginning of the month and in the first installment, we talked about the definitions of the word redemption. We looked at it from the Merriam-Webster's dictionary and we discovered 11 definitions. And uh, among the 11 definitions was the popular theological one where it has to do with to deliver and rescue from the bondage of sin and the penalties of God's violated law. Um, that is by Christ dying and being obedient. So when we talk about redemption in a Christian sense, this is what encapsulates redemption. But there are many more. You know, redemption, it's also used in commerce. It's used in law. And uh, we learn some things about it in part one and uh, we learned about the concept also of redemption how redemption came into the picture and redemption is not an accident it wasn't an afterthought it wasn't because man sinned that god thought of redemption but christ we came to know in revelation chapter 13 verse 8 is known as the lamp of god who was slain before the foundation of the world which makes us know that Redemption always had a bigger picture, a bigger view in the whole creation and in the purpose of God. Uh, in part two, we talked about redemption through his blood. And when we are talking about redemption, the next most important agency we should talk about is the blood of Christ because it's through that agency that we experienced redemption. Our redemption is a done deal it's signed and sealed. Amen. And it's through redemption that we experience the gift of righteousness. So it led us to have an expose on Hebrews chapters 9 and 10. So the, the part 2, we ended up just finishing up chapter 9. And we learned some very important things about how Christ's sacrifice, that's him dying on the cross, put an end to animal sacrifices and before that we also learned that the different types of sacrifices that were under the old testament and there are five main sacrifices four of them have to do with animals one that has to do with grains so there's the grain offering that's non-animal sacrifice then there are the animal sacrifices which is the sin the peace trespass and uh, the burnt offering so there are five of them. All these had spiritual significance in, in, the, in the life of the nation of Israel. And they all point towards the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was known as the Lamb, right? So this was a prophetic picture of what Jesus will come to do. Jesus is our, our, our burnt offering. He's our grain offering. He's our peace offering. He's our trespass offering. I must admit that I have really been thinking about seeing Jesus through the offerings. But um, I don't know. 
uh, I, I have to also uh, uh, feel I have permission to, to teach it. Amen. So I, I just don't want to teach something because I want to teach it, but I also want to teach it because I have permission. So <clears throat> that, I, that, that has really been on my mind. It would be good to really take our time to learn the offerings in the Bible because everything that is in the Bible is not there by mistake. It's there for a reason. All the offerings can point us to the redemptive work, the redemptive nature or the redemptive ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that will be a good topic to study. Amen. Uh, part three, we went ahead to now talk on Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, we, we buttressed Hebrews chapter 10 is just an exclamation point on Hebrews chapter 9, stressing that the, the sacrifice of animals have no bearing on today's Christianity because we have experienced perfect redemption. And the word perfect means complete. We have experienced eternal redemption. The word eternal this means that it's a done deal once for all times. So we don't need to resort back to the practices of animal sacrifices because it will do no good. If you sin and if you sacrifice animals, you don't experience the forgiveness of sin. There is no more sacrifice. We learned about that in Hebrews chapter 10. So for us to experience the power of forgiveness of our sins, we will have to subscribe to Jesus died on the cross and his death being enough to appease uh, the, 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 the Father that we now incur his good pleasure. All the wrath of God, every sin was poured on the body of Christ. Just like in the Old Testament, there was a scapegoat. You know, that where scapegoat came from, the priests, you know, they, they speak all the sins on the goods. That's the scapegoats. Jesus Christ became our scapegoat and he became the sacrificial lamb. And therefore, the Lord sees it fit enough to re reconcile the world to himself by the sacrifice of his son. Amen. So this really makes me appreciate uh, Jesus' sacrifice much more. Amen. What, what, what love that God has for us. I don't know about you, but as we study about this, it really makes me see how much God really loves us. Amen. Can anybody testify to that? I can. Amen. So today, I, we just want to wrap up with uh, something very simple. I'm just going to pick scriptures from here and, uh, and then we will end up tonight. So today, we just want to talk about what have we been redeemed from? What have we been redeemed from? So now we've looked at the meaning of the word redemption. We've talked about redemption through his blood. We took us, we took us two weeks and tonight we want to end up. What have we been redeemed from? But before that, since we've now understood redemption, what does it mean to live redeemed? To live redeemed simply means that you appreciate Christ's death and the sacrifice by which we have experienced redemption so that you will not walk guilty. You will not have a conscience of shame, guilt, and you'll be able to walk in the freedom of Christ. So let me show you a typical example. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1.
Verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty of which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So what does it mean to live redeemed? It means that you walk in freedom. So now that we have learned this, the application is to walk free. And don't entangle yourself with the yoke of bondage. What's the yoke of bondage in context here? The law. So when you understand redemption, don't allow anything to hinder your freedom in Christ. Don't allow that. The application of this message is learn how to live free. Guilty free. Don't have a guilty conscience. Deliver yourself from the power of shame and condemnation. For the Bible says that in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit. Okay, so once we have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have entered into a no condemnation zone, a no shame zone, and a a guilt-free zone, so that we will be able to stand fast in the liberty of Christ. You see, the liberty or the freedom of Christ that we have received, we have to stand fast. It, it means diligence. You have to be diligent to stand fast. You know, otherwise many things, bad teachers, tradition, and, and, and the like could, could make you lose your sense of redemption. So that's what it means to live redeemed. So I really pray tonight that all of us will learn how to live redeemed. And like David said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you believe you are redeemed, say so. Let it be in your confession and let it show in how you walk. Amen. Okay, so what have we been redeemed from? Um, I want us to look at at just a few and what, what time will allow us tonight as we wrap up our series on redemption. Uh, number one, we have been redeemed or delivered from the iniquity of the Father. So I'm going. So tonight I'm going to be using redeem and deliver interchangeably. They are they are both the same. It's just a well play. Okay. So when I'm saying deliverance, I'm not saying anything different from redemption. So go with me to Exodus chapter twenty, verse one to four. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 4. And God spoke all these words, saying, So this period or this chapter is the inception of the law. Right? So the Israelites are now going to experience a new dispensation called the dispensation of the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall know, you shall have no other gods before me. So these children of Israel were recipients of redemption. We learned about that. You know, Adam was not the only person that experienced redemption 
uh, Israelites also experience redemption, and we did talk about in our first installment. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, no, serve them. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So, what have we been redeemed from? Redemption has afforded us deliverance from the iniquity of the fathers. That's the price of redemption. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, mercy is what we are being extended, especially when we come to the saving knowledge of Christ. So redemption has afforded to us the deliverance of the sins of the fathers or the sins of the mothers. There is something called the iniquity of the fathers. You know, you, you will see certain generations that are paying for the misdeeds, the trespasses, or the transgressions of the previous generation. Well, when you become a Christian and when you understand your rights as a redemptive child of God, you have been delivered from the iniquity of your fathers. So now, when you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, the sins that your father did it's not chasing after you. Goodness and mercy should rather be chasing after you. That's why you, you, you don't just have to understand, oh, okay, this is the 11 definitions of redemption. We have been redeemed through his blood. But you have to learn how to live redeemed. So stand fast in the liberty that Christ has set you free. And make sure you are no longer entangled. You can be entangled through bad teaching. You have been redeemed. So don't talk to me about the curses of your fathers. Yeah, they might not be. He he wasn't a Christian and maybe your grandfather was not a Christian. But once you have been redeemed, you are no longer going to experience the iniquity of the fathers upon you and your household. Let your house be the final stop. And sometimes you will see Christians who will say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again. And yet they will listen to the lie of the devil concerning generational curses. And when we are talking about the iniquity of the fathers, we can also talk about generational curses. You have been delivered from generational curses. That is how powerful redemption is. So there's something we are to know. What are you experiencing today? You are experiencing the mercy of God. And you have to allow this to be a stronghold. You're experiencing the mercy of God. 
Amen. So don't be entangled with any yoke of bondage, but believe that you are experiencing the mercy of God because of the force of redemption, which is at work. Redemption has come. And because we are in the season of redemption, we have been afforded deliverance from the iniquity of the fathers. We are not under any generational curse. So for example, let's say that you have a family that everybody marries and by the third year of their marriage, they end up in divorce. It doesn't mean you, you, when you are a Christian and when you marry, you also divorce by your third year. It's up to you if you want to believe that. But I will choose to believe the report of the Lord. The Bible says that let every man be a liar and let God's word be true. When redemption came, redemption also came to deliver me from iniquities. For whatsoever reason. That doesn't apply to me. It stops at my yard. So when you're a believer, don't say, I want to change my family. Never change your family. I remember one time someone told me, oh, I want to change my family. So I want to change your family for. And I told them, when you change your family, you are abrogating God's scripture. The Bible says that God chooses the solitary and places them in family. So the family in which you are in, you are in because you, it is by God's design. You had no choice in that. God picks the solitary, Psalm 68 verse 9, and places them in front. And he said, but they're rebellious. They dwell in a dry and a parched land. I said, don't go against God's word. Don't abrogate God's scripture. If you do that, you become rebellious. And when you become rebellious, expect to dwell in a season of dryness and, and in a season of parchedness. Be in the family you are in, but exercise your, your redemptive rights as a Christian that I thank God for my family, but I don't partake of the iniquity of the fathers and the mothers. It shall not come near me. As I have experienced redemption, I have experienced mercy. Stand fast. So learn it. Amen. Let, let it sink in you today. And deliver yourself from tradition. Deliver yourself from bad teaching. Deliver yourself from bad theology. And stay with what God says in his word. This matters to me more than anything. Just stay with what God has said in his word. I have been redeemed. Thank you, Jesus. And because I have been redeemed, God is not visiting the iniquity of my fathers upon me. And sometimes the reason why we become susceptible to these things is because we've allowed these things to become strongholds. Oh, my family members... None of them, none of them have ever become rich before. They've not tasted fortune. So I'm going to end up that line. Who told you so? If you're a Christian, then you don't understand redemption well. You don't.
There's a scripture in the Bible that says that there are some that will go to heaven through stripes. I tell you, sometimes I feel like the angels just want to slap us because they feel like, don't you know, as they are giving us the slaps, don't you know, haven't you seen it in the scripture? They are just slapping us and they are talking. Don't you know in the scriptures that the Lord said, and then they are just slapping us. I'm telling you. Don't you know? It's in the scriptures. Don't you know you've been delivered? Don't you know Christ came to die for you so that you don't have to subject yourself to that? Who told you that lie? So from today, know that we have been delivered from the iniquity of the fathers. It shall not come near your dwelling or your tent. You can change your family, but if you still don't have the revelation of redemption, you are still messed up. So I would rather stay in the family that God has chosen me in and rather gain the revelation of redemption and use it to my advantage. Glory to God. Number two. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Or oh, aren't we grateful that we were, not rede- we were not redeemed with perishables? Silver is perishable. Gold is perishable. You know, when we go to heaven, gold is the cheapest thing. Because we will be working on it. That's how we like to wear it, adorn it on our ears and on our necks and on our wrists. And people are killing themselves for it. Some of the wars we've had is because of, you know, precious minerals. But what we call precious minerals on earth is going to be our carpet. The Bible calls it perishable. So we have been redeemed from our aimless conduct received by tradition from our fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It will be good to read verse 20. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation. So you see, redemption is not an afterthought. God didn't think of redemption because Adam sinned. Right here it says, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation. So before God created the world, redemption was in the bigger picture. And Christ was chosen to be the point of redemption for humanity. But he was manifested to us in these lives, in these last times for us, according to St. Peter. So we have been redeemed from the aimless conduct received by tradition from our fathers. 
So not only will the iniquity of our fathers not come upon us, we have also been delivered from the conduct of our lineage. I can't understand for the life of God, a Christian will say, my mother is quick-tempered, so I am also quick-tempered. You are not reading the scriptures well. What does it live, what does it mean to live redeemed? Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has set you free. It's very important. And if you are standing fast in the liberty that Christ has set you free, we have to know that we have been delivered from the conduct of our lineage. My father is a slow man, so me too, I'm a slow man. In our family, when we get angry, we smash plates. So me too, I smash plates. And you were a Christian? You've not understood redemption. Why do you subject your character to the character of your fathers? The Bible says that we have been delivered from aimless conduct that we received by tradition of our fathers. So there are some things that are just passed on to our lineage. There are some things that is bloodline, but we can flush it out because we have experienced redemption. No ifs, no buts. So you, you are either manifesting Christ or you are manifesting your father. It's up to you. And then the words of it, people like to also believe in temperaments. I mean, it's good to know temper. I know temperaments pretty well. You know, but hey, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not just going to live my life like a choleric or a melancholic or I'll live my life like I'm a sanguine or a phlegmatic. Come on, man. There are better things than that. The Bible lets us know that we are supposed to live after the new man created in the image of Christ. Not to live like a phlegmatic. Oh, I'm a slow, I'm a slow guy because I'm phlegmatic. Oh me, this is how I talk. When I talk and when you feel piercing, just take it like that because I'm a choleric. <laughs> I don't easily forgive because I'm melancholy. Wow. Oh man, I, I can't help it. When I go somewhere, I have to dance. I have to dance because I'm sanguine. Who told you that? So you see that today, you see people who have become Christian, but they are still informed by the ideals. Oh, this is a dead man's, you know, a psychologist somewhere who sat down and gathered these things from our body fluids and, and then named them after temperaments. He is dead and we believe him rather than believing the living word of God. Uh, you, you see how low our faith is. We, we, we believe a dead man. Who is a psychologist? A dead man. I don't know his mental state. I, I don't know what, the, uh, the, what inspiration he was that he decided to look at body fluids because all the temperaments are fluids of the body. You know? And we, are not, we are not talking temperaments. It's not even important to go into it. But people believe that instead of believing... In the living word of God. This is living. This is sure. This is living. This is active. 
This in Hebrews chapter 4 is called sharper than any two-edged sword. This in Hebrews chapter 4 is called, it's a designer of the intents and the thoughts of the hearts of men. Which book can discern your thoughts? Which book can reveal your hearts? But the Bible can. And yet we will not believe this. This is saying you are redeemed from the aimless conduct you have received by tradition. So today, we shouldn't talk about that anymore. It's possible for me to live holy because I'm a Christian and I've been redeemed. It's possible for me to stay married to one person because I'm redeemed. I'm new creation. I'm not going to subject myself to, oh, in in my father's house, everybody committed infidelity. So, but I've been delivered. We just read it in 1 Peter chapter 1. The Bible lets us know we have been delivered, redeemed. And that the agency that was involved in our redemption was the precious blood of Christ without spots, without blemish. And the worst of it all, there are people too who also believe in star or the horoscope. I think now it's like the common question among netizens. That's the generation after the millennial. Because now when you talk to them, the first thing they'll ask is that, what's your star? What's your horoscope? Like, wow. They are really into that. And some of them who are Christians. Amazing. These are my I'm a Christian. I've accepted Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. And you say you are an Aquarius. I don't get it. <laughs> I thought we were Christians. We were washed by the blood. We are new creation. This that means we are not reading the Bible enough because when we read this Bible enough, it shows us how to live. And not to live according to stars or astrology. We've been delivered from the conduct of our lineage. Your father's conduct is not your conduct. Your mother's conduct is not your conduct. You have a new set that has been prescribed to you. New set of characteristics, conduct that has been prescribed to you through this Bible. So we have to read this Bible enough, believe in this Bible enough, and practice the truths and see it affect our lives. Than just hearing it and we say, oh, I've heard. And then we don't have any concrete action that will follow our hearing. So we have been delivered from the conduct of our lineage. Amen. So if your father was a drunkard, it doesn't mean you will be a drunkard. If in your family, no female gave birth, it doesn't mean you will not give birth. If in your family, nobody went to college, it doesn't mean you will not go to college. Come on. (laughs) Raise your faith level. 
That's why redemption has to be taught strongly. Because it's so sad to see people who have been in the church for ages and still they are susceptible to some of these things. If all your family members have died of cancer, you are not the next person to die of cancer. Who told you that? Then you don't understand redemption. I pray may we understand redemption and may it change how we walk from today in the name of Jesus. Number three, Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So we have been redeemed or delivered from the power of darkness. And we are now in the kingdom of his Son. That's something that you should know. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. From today, don't be afraid of the powers of darkness. Don't be afraid of demons. There are too many Christians who are so afraid of witchcraft and, and demonic operations. You have to learn how to size the devil according to the Bible. That's what the late Reverend Amwako called Bible-sized devil. Size the devil by the Bible and size God too by the Bible. I miss Reverend Amwako a lot. I mean, I think just two days ago, Hifford and I were talking about him because both of us were under his ministry. Bible-sized God, Bible-sized devil. Size the devil according to the Bible. Don't, don't, don't size the devil according to what people are saying. Don't size the devil according to tradition. Because maybe traditionally speaking, they have even inflated him to be bigger than what the Bible actually says. Size him, size him. That's why you have to read the Bible. When you read the Bible, you are able to size the devil according to what you've read. He's nothing. He's been defeated. Therefore, don't be afraid of witches. Don't be afraid of demons. Don't be afraid of the past of that. You don't even recite there. Why are you bothered about the activities? If you don't recite somewhere and when they send you a letter that doesn't belong to you, what do you say? Don't you return it back to sender? I, I do that here every week. Every week I see a letter that doesn't belong to me when I go to my letterbox. And I always have to keep on writing, return to sender, return and then put it back at the mail. And when I come, and, and later when I come back, the mail, the mail person may have come for the letter. Because it doesn't belong to me. It might even be a bill. Why should I even bother opening it? I just try return to sender. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, anytime the devil wants to bring something against you, just return it back to him. You don't live there. Why should you partake of it? You don't live in the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, you have been delivered from the power of darkness and the influence of darkness. 
So if somebody from the kingdom of darkness wants to visit you, just direct him to go back to his residence. That's all. You have to know the authority that the believer has. And that's redemption. Redemption informs you of your authority. When redemption informs you of authority, you will not subject yourself to the devil bullying you again. There are some Christians, the devil bullies you through dreams and nightmares. You are not able to sleep and you are having terrifying dreams. And your dreams are very demonic. You should be able to say, return to sender. Go back. You don't belong here. I am a Christian. I have learned through the scriptures that I am the redeemed. I have been redeemed from the power of darkness and I have been transported. I have been translated into the kingdom of his son. In whom I have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Come on. I don't deserve this harassment. Any instruments from the kingdom of darkness, learn how to return him back to sender. Because you have been delivered from the power of darkness. Anything that comes from the kingdom of darkness, don't partake of it. It doesn't belong to you. And how many Christians can do that? And sometimes Christians are not able to do that because we have not understood redemption. You see, thank God for redemption. It didn't just take care of the forgiveness of sins. It also took care of some other things. Deliver from the powers of darkness. Christian brother, Christian sister, it's not only the pastor or any of the fivefold ministry gifts that have authority over demons, that have authority over the devil, you also have authority. Read your scriptures. And I give you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, and they shall not by any means hurt you. Whose reports will you believe? You see, when you read the Bible long enough, you learn how to size the devil according to the Bible. Bible-sized devil. God bless Reverend Amorako. If there's one thing I learned from him, he really taught us how to exercise our authority as believers. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. This is something that we should shout about. I'm grateful to God that I've been delivered. So I don't partake of any of the devil's activities. Depression, that's his activity. I don't partake of it. It doesn't belong to me. Sicknesses and diseases, those are his activities. I don't partake of it. They don't belong to me because I have been redeemed. And my redemption doesn't just have to do with the forgiveness of my sins. It also has to do with me being transported from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. If I've not been near fire, why should I smell of smoke? Therefore, if I'm nowhere near the kingdom of darkness, why should I participate with the activities of darkness? Return them back to sender because you are redeemed. Fourth one, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. 
But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Notice, we have been redeemed from the law. Now, in the Old Testament, it was only one country that was under the law. They were called the Israelites. Anybody else who was not an Israelite was not under the law. Okay? Because the Israelites were under the law, they were called children of God. And the rest of the world were called Gentiles. But the Bible is letting us know now that Christ's death came into effect, the Israelites have been delivered from under the law so that all of us can now experience that once upon a time exclusive title called Sons of God. So we are being redeemed from the law. Number one, the law was not even sent to us in the first place. So I don't understand why Christians would like to live under the law and practice certain things under the law. Because it wasn't even for us. It was only for one nation. And because it was just for one nation, everything else was stifled. Only them could be called children of God. Nobody else could be called children of God. Only them were privy to the commandments. Nobody else was privy to the commandments. But now, because Israelites have been redeemed from the law, all of us, it affected the whole world. You know, there's a very funny saying. They said that when America um, um, sneezes, the rest of the world catches cold. It's something like that. When Israel was delivered from the law, it has affected all of us one way or another. So we can all call ourselves children of God. And that's so beautiful. I'm not an Israelite by nationality. I'm a non-Jew. Today I qualify to be called a child of God because I've been redeemed from the law. Why, has I, why have I been redeemed from the law? Because Israel has been redeemed from the law. And because of that, I can also now have the Holy Spirit who gives me assurance of my sonship because it's through him that I can also cry out, Abba, Father. And the Bible lets us know that I'm no longer a slave, but a son of God. And if I'm a son, I am also an heir of God. I've inherited God. How do I know I've inherited God? I have the Holy Spirit. So I've been redeemed from the law. And that's why we read Galatians chapter 5, because to stand fast in the liberty, one of the things we have to watch so that we will not be entangled in the yoke of bondage, which will affect our liberty or freedom in Christ, is going back to the law. We've been redeemed from the law. We've been redeemed from the law. We have been redeemed from the Old Testament ceremonial style of worship, 
We have been redeemed from the law. And now we are under the law of grace. Something you got to understand. Amen. And that's why uh, Apostle Paul could boldly say in Colossians chapter 2, you can't live under the law because if you live under the law, you are living under shadows. But you are not living under the substance. Christ came to deliver us from the substance and present himself who is the substance. Don't go for the law. The law is only a shadow. Christ is the substance. Amen. So we don't live under the law. That's why we don't practice certain things. I know some churches that like to practice things like Passover festivals and, you know, like, but you are not Jew. Scripturally speaking, it's wrong. And they like to pray according to the Jewish calendar, Jewish timetable. It's wrong. (laughs) I'm no longer under the law. Why do I need to recite all these Jewish things that didn't even belong to me in the first place? Colossians chapter 2. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's scripturally erroneous. And today that's the problem with the church. We practice mixtures. I may the Lord help us to be free. I have four minutes on the clock, so let me just round up with just one more. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we have been delivered from the curse of the law. Remember that, the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? The curse of the law has to do with the penalty when you break the law. Okay, so when you read Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 15 to 63, that's why it's called the curse of the law. When you break the law, the penalties associated with breaking or transgressing the law is called the curse of the law. We've been delivered from that. We've experienced mercy rather. Why? Because Christ became the curse, hanged on the tree, so that we will experience the blessing of Abraham. What's the blessing of Abraham? It didn't say blessings with an S. It just said blessing. And you have to read this in context. We are talking about the blessing of Abraham here. We are talking about justification by faith. That's the blessing of Abraham. So that we can be justified by faith. That's why we are righteous. We are righteous because we have been justified by faith. That is a blessing that now comes on Gentiles like me, who is a non-Jew. And not just that, that I might also receive the Holy Spirit through faith. 
So tonight, live redeemed by standing fast in the liberty. Now that you know the truth, live redeemed. Remember that you have been delivered from the iniquity of the fathers. The sins of the father, they are trans, the, the punishments, it's not coming upon you. Deliver yourself from that. Live redeemed. You've been delivered from the conduct of lineage. Don't subscribe to the character of your house. Subscribe to the character of the new man created in holiness and in righteousness according to Christ Jesus. Excuse me. Number three, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. Never be afraid of the powers of darkness. You don't even live there. You live in a new kingdom. You've been transported. You have authority. Ephesians chapter 6. All the weapons are listed there. Wear them, use them to your advantage. Number four, we've been, we've been redeemed from the law. We are not to go back and behave like the children of Israel under Moses. We are to stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has set us free. And number five, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Remember that. Because we are now under this dispensation, whenever we sin, and we don't have to take sin lightly, but whenever we fall short, we experience mercy. We experience forgiveness, not curses. Amen? And, and tonight, so we bring our series to a close on redemption. I pray that you understand the message. Now, when I'm talking about understanding the message, different levels. There's the first level of understanding. You, 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 you got it intellectually. That means you, you, you gain mental assent of the, of the subject. That's one way. Number two, when I'm talking about understanding, I'm talking about now that you have gained mental accent, you now apply the word of God. That's why I say, how do you live redeemed? So now, everything that you have learned over the past four weeks, you now have to ask yourself, how do I live redeemed? And practice it. And then number three, it means you can teach it if someone asks you a question. So these are the three things that show that you've really understood the message. So I pray that you will understand the concept of redemption from a biblical perspective. God bless you. I'm done for tonight. Question or contribution? I'm one minute over time, but I'll allow for a question or a contribution, and then we'll wrap up. So let me ask this question. What have you learned throughout the series? I believe there is no question. So what have we learned throughout the series? Has the series been a blessing to you? Have you learned something on redemption? What did you learn?
What did you learn today? What have you taken home throughout the four installments of the series so far? Nobody learns anything. Things that have been redeemed from the penalty of sin. And that um, it doesn't matter my family lineage, I mean, my ethnic family, because um, because of what Christ did for me on the cross. So I'm of a new um, or, or another lineage. So um, what, what um, happens with like my family members who are not in Christ does not necessarily apply um, to me because I am I'm, I'm now of a different lineage because I've been redeemed. And I, I especially like the example you gave about the, the post stage, how um, when you go in and then you see something that is not yours, you just return it to the sender. I, I thought that was a very good um, analogy. So, yeah. Thank you. Amen. Who else? One more, then we wrap up for tonight. thank you for blessing us with this word on redemption. Father, may we never forget this word. May we never allow the cares of this world to choke the word we've had on redemption and make it unfruitful. But may we be like the good soil that with patience and consistency plant the word in the soils of our hearts and may we reap food a hundredfold return in Jesus name Amen God bless you guys thanks all for coming for Bible study really appreciate it God willing our next month's series will be for this reason for this reason I look forward to that uh, in our coming Wednesdays in the month of May um god bless all of you may your month end well may, may, may god smile upon you in the last three days of this month and i want to wish all of you a happy new month in advance so god willing i see all of you on sunday at our new work location god bless you and good night